Hi, I'm Deb Hunter, and welcome to All Things Tudor, the podcast that blows the dust off the history books and brings the world of the Tudors roaring back to life. Each episode will bring you awesome guests and topics, stories, and revelations. The power, the sex, the scandals, the romance, and the ruthlessness. So join me, and together we'll pull back the curtain and discover the real lives of the Tudors. This is All Things Tudor, and I am Deb Hunter. Today, our outstanding guest is none other than the brilliant Leanda Delisle, historian and author. Leanda, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. It's a beautiful day here in England, not too hot, bright and sunny, lovely. Well, that's good here. I'm glad the heat wave is over. Yeah, it's, it's it, well, for us, it's probably still a heat wave, but it's, it's a sort of balmy 24 degrees or something, not 34 how does that translate to American? Oh my gosh, yes, that's a true. That's true. Um, in the seventies. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's like a, a autumn day over here. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, we'll hit about ninety-eight here today. Ooh, ooh. Now it's not as hot as that, thank God. Well, as long as there's a good breeze, it's really not too bad, believe it or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> just a cultural thing, but we're more prepared for it than you are over there. That's very true. I want to hear all about you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your career? Well, I was, you know, a little girl who, as a child, you know, I loved um, historical novels, um, historical films, you know, Anne of a Thousand Days, that sort of thing. And um, I was quite tomboyish as well, I suppose. And uh, then I... Uh, was privileged, lucky enough to go to Oxford University uh, to read history uh, when I was sort of 19 or whatever. And then I went into journalism, actually, and I worked as a journalist for a number of years. I did that for, oh, I don't know how long, quite a long time, 15 years or something. And then I thought, I can't stand this any longer. I had to, I did sort of col newspaper columns and things where you come up with instant opinions on things the whole time. And I got fed up with that, really. And I thought, gosh, you know, I really don't want to come up with instant opinions about things about which I know nothing. And um, I'd really like to go back to doing some proper research and, you know, writing things on the basis of proper research. And uh, so I returned to my first love, which was uh, history. And I've, for the last 20 years, I've written a number of uh, Tudor and Stuart books. Did you study history by any chance? Yes, I studied history. I studied history at um, Oxford, absolutely. I did a uh, master's in uh, what is called modern history, but modern history begins in about 900. I think it's just as opposed to ancient history. <laughs> modern history <laughs> sounds as if it's the sort of 20th century or something, but no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, rather more than that. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I read history and... Um, uh, I had some very good tutors, luckily. Uh, people like Jennifer Loach, who were sort of great Tudor historians of their time. And uh, so I enjoyed, you know, returning to study uh, Tudor and Stuart history. And uh, I've been very lucky that uh, several of them have uh, been bestsellers. The Sisters Who Would Be Queen, which is about the Grey Sisters, was a New York Times bestseller. Tudor, The Family Story, um, which I think was a slightly different subtitle in America, still called Tudor, uh, is also a top 10 bestseller. And I think was probably one of the reasons why I was asked to take part in the in this uh, 
series about the Berlins, uh, because it sort of covers all that period, of course. Thank you for that. I, I was very curious. I know, too, you wrote an article maybe seven or eight years ago about how Henry had taken such an interest in the execution of Anne. And I wondered if that played into the Boleyns, a scandalous family. Strangely, actually, um, they didn't They didn't use that. I think I suppose they, you know, they can't, they can't use everything. And I think they just sort of had her, you know, she, in the series, you know, she just has her head chopped off um, with a sword. But I mean, up until now, it's been said, oh, because Henry VIII had her head cut off with a sword rather than the axe, which is the normal way in England. Uh, and it was carried out because it's not the normal way to execute people in England and was the normal way to execute people in France. You got in a French executioner. And people have always said, oh, he, he did this. And because, you know, she was educated in France and so forth. And it was a sort of act of sort of kindness. And um, I pointed out that <laughs> that it had absolutely nothing to do with kindness. And kindness was not at the top of Henry VIII's mind uh, when he was spending days dwelling on the details and the minutiae of his uh, wife's uh, execution. And that what it was was actually an act of tremendous vanity. He saw himself as King Arthur. So he cast Anne as as Queen Guinevere. And um, the sword was a symbol of Excalibur, the symbol of Camelot, the the symbol of uh, the Arthurian legend of of rightful kingship, uh, and also, of course, a phallic symbol. And uh, that is why he uh, chopped her head off with a sword. It's an absolutely fascinating article, and I'll post it in the All Things Tudor group, if that's okay with you. Yes, no, thank you. I think it's probably actually rather more articulate in the article than I'm being in person. <laughs> oh, that's great. This is a very casual chat, so you're just fine. Let's go back to the Boleyns. Can you tell us a little about the series and about your part in it? Uh, yes. Well, it was a, it's a very, I thought it was actually an excellent idea. They wanted to tell the story of Anne Boleyn, but in a different way, setting her better in the context of her times. And they did this by setting her in, her, in the family context and the sort of rise of the Boleyns, the rise of her father, Thomas, um, her relationship with her sister and her brother. And I have to say, the BBC have done it, have done it very well. And it's, and it's a gripping series, which I'm sure your listeners will enjoy. Um, and they contacted me fairly early on because I suppose, you know, as, as I said, I'd written this book, Tudor, on sort of, which just tells the story of all the Tudors and, and particularly about the family connections and so forth. And uh, we discussed various things. And actually, the, the, I specialise in this particular series in, strangely, in Mary Boleyn. I don't know quite how that happened because I, I wouldn't, I mean, uh, Mary, uh, Mary Boleyn was not a sort of special area of mine at all. But actually, I really enjoyed speaking for Anne's sister, uh, who is a sort of bit player in history. And I hope I managed to bring her to life a bit and uh, give give some people some new things to think about in relation to her, her life and her relationship with Anne, her changing relationship with Anne and indeed with the king. Where you weren't very familiar with Mary, how did you approach the character or the person? Well, I mean, I reread, of course, I mean, you know, I knew about Mary Boleyn and I had sort of studied her, but she wasn't sort of highlighted, particularly in my book, Tudor, because I was focusing on, on the different Tudors, wives, children, cousins, and so forth, uh, rather than the extended 
Berlin family. So I knew something about it. And it was really a matter of getting out all the information I had on her and really thinking about it and thinking about her. And this is so often true when you're writing history, is you need to take time actually simply to, to, to reflect on how uh, the sources all fit together and what it tells you about the, the person that, that helps you bring them alive, bring them, you know, so they're human uh, and that you can understand them and their motives and how things must have been for them rather than them just being a name on the page. What did you learn about her that surprised you? I was surprised how vivid she became to me, actually, uh, because often where the sort of sources are scarce, you're left with so little that you can't really know someone. And actually, there's enough there to really bring, you know, to see the person, the girl who was bullied and forced into having an affair with Henry VIII, um, who sort of pimped out really by Wolsey to sleep with the king, whose husband is 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 essentially paid off um, because you know the king is is having sex with her, and then how she's she's dumped, and then her husband dies, and she's left with very little money, and her father uh, takes no interest in her, and she sort of how she sort of struggles, no one's interested in her anymore, and then. Uh, she blots her copybook by falling in love with a much younger man. And Anne, her sister, abandons her and indeed throws her out of the court. And she writes an extraordinary letter, I think, to uh, Thomas Cromwell saying how nobody cared about her, no one was interested in her except for this young man and th- who loved her so much and how she then fell in love with him and how she would rather beg her bread in the streets and be with him than be the greatest queen in the world, uh, which is a bit of a dig at, um, of course, at Anne. Yes, and she she come, becomes a very sort of vivid human being, I think. And one who becomes a survivor. She is the survivor, of course. Well, definitely. It, isn't the royal family today descended from her? Absolutely. That's one of the points I make um, in, in, the, in the series, actually, is exactly that. It's after Anne's execution and her family's humiliation, her father's humiliation. Uh, her father is reconciled with Mary. And, um, and, and of course, Mary's um, descendants, her children become very, very close to Elizabeth, are very close friends of Elizabeth I. And they go on and she has children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Indeed, our current Queen Elizabeth II is a direct descendant of Mary Boleyn. Fascinating information. Do you believe that her children, or even one of her children, were sired by Henry VIII? No, I don't. I think by the time her son was born in uh, 1526, I think it was, the affair was was was, was long over. So I, I really don't think so. Um, I mean, occasionally, I mean, there's sort of people who obviously didn't like the Boleyns or, or didn't like Henry VIII and didn't like the religious changes he was making would claim occasionally that they were. But I think it would be much stronger information out there if they had been his bastards, if one of them had been his bastards. I've always wondered about that because he was so desperate to prove that he could have children in any child, whether it was a male child, of course, which is what he really wanted, but even a female, I think he would have touted it as being his. Yes, certainly if it had been, certainly particularly if it had been a a boy, um, I think absolutely. 
Yes, exactly. Because he, he, one of the things he said, actually, was that um, when he's told, oh, well, you know, you have male heirs or you can appoint another heir or you can do you this, you can, or you could have, there's no reason at all why, why his daughter Mary couldn't have become queen regnant, as of course she did, she did in time. And the Tudors, of course, the Tudors were absolutely nobodies. They were nobodies from, from Wales. They, their royal blood came through the female line. So he could have done that. But he sort of said, he said very clearly, no, I don't want to do that. I want, you know, I'm a man like other men. And, you know, I must sort of, you know, it was all about, it was all about his big penis, I'm afraid. (laughs) 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 That and the sword. (laughs) You've said what we've all been thinking for years. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. um, (laughs) Tragic, but true, I'm afraid. The Boleyns, a scandalous family, an epic tale of hubris and ambition. They're all here, Thomas Boleyn and his three children, Mary, Anne and George. Elizabeth I also makes an appearance. The show premieres on PBS on Sundays, August 28th, September 4 and September 11th. Also available on the PBS video app. Special thanks go to Georgia Public Broadcasting for their support of all things Tudor. So you finish filming. It'll be on PBS here, even as we speak. So what else can we expect from you? Well, putting putting aside the other actually program I'd recommend is Becoming Elizabeth. I don't know if you're going to see that, which I've very much enjoyed. And uh, I know that the writer and creator of that used a number of my books as well to inform that series, um, which is on stars. But my latest book is called Henrietta Maria, Phoenix Queen, and that's coming out in the States on the 6th of September. It came out here in the UK on the 4th of August, and it's already had some fantastic reviews, I'm delighted to say, in the Times and the Telegraph and the Sunday Times. And it's you can you can see some of the quotes about it on on Amazon. And she, what I love about Henrietta Maria, who's the wife of Charles I, the king whose head got chopped off, and is there's a real sort of black legend about her, but um, I sort of hopefully reveal the real queen who was absolutely amazing and reminds me in many ways of Anne Boleyn. I mean, like Anne Boleyn, she's sort of French educated. She is, of course, French. Uh, she's much disliked because she has a religion that's as, uh, that's at odds with uh, the majority of people in England. In the case of Anne Boleyn, you know, she was, you know, wanted to sort of changed the Catholic Church. In the case of um, Henrietta Maria, she was a Catholic in a Protestant country. And there's even, I describe, which I don't think many people know about, an attempt to link her uh, to a musician and accuse her of adultery with a musician, just as Anne Boleyn was with Mark Smeaton. So I, I quite enjoyed that connection in, 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 in the book. And um, again, I hope hope some of your listeners might find it interesting. Well, thank you. Can you give us the name of the book again? We have a huge book club. Yes, it's, it's just called Henrietta Maria. Um, in, in England, it's um, Conspirator Warrior uh, Phoenix Queen. And in the United States, it's Henrietta Maria, the queen who divided a kingdom. Well, thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to reading it. So anything else you can share with us about the Boleyns, a scandalous family? Um, well, it's got lots of f- friends on it. <laughs> People like uh, uh, Gareth Russell, who wrote a, a wonderful book on on Catherine Howard, 
uh, which um, I recommend. So um, I think that's uh, if you're looking when you're watching the series, if you want to read some of the books behind it, I would I would also recommend his. But gosh, what to tell you? What it's it's in three parts, and it's it's it does have it does have some parts which are dramatized. Now some people don't like that, but actually, as well as sort of talking heads and sort of dramatized scenes, but that's handled really well, I think, in this particular series, and the the way that the talking heads are all edited. Is is sort of flows extremely well. There's also a woman in it called Sue Doran, who's another author I would highly recommend, who appears quite a lot and is also a great expert on Elizabeth. Anything by Sue Doran, D-O-R-A-N, I would uh, recommend. What else can I tell you? Yes, and it's it sort of ends with a rather sort of poignant note, which I rather I don't know, I don't want to tell you too much in case it spoils it for you. Uh, but it ends with a rather a poignant note with with Elizabeth. I'm um, looking back, thinking about Anne and her Berlin family, which I think is 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 rather moving as well. And it'd be interesting to know what your listeners think of it when they see it. That that's true. Um, and thank you for the shout out. Gareth was on the podcast last week. Oh, was he? Yes, and Professor Doran will be my guest next week. Oh, really, Sue? Is she? Oh, lovely. Yes. Lovely. So, oh, they're both terribly nice people as well as very good historians. They they truly are. And um, I, I can't say enough good things about all of you, to be honest. And even Becoming Elizabeth, you mentioned that, the creator, Anya Reese, was my yes. guest. But the day before the series aired, so she gave us some insight into what to expect. So could you share what books, what writings of yours she used in becoming Elizabeth. Um, she used. She told me that, um, and she's. I think she said on Twitter as well. She used the the sisters who would be queen. Um, you know, which the, my the, my book on the the tragedy of Mary Catherine and Lady Jane Grey, the Nine Days Queen. I think she used that quite a lot, and she also used my book Tudor, the family story which in the United States, again, has a slightly different subtitle, Manipulation, Murder, and something else. Gosh, it's so awful, I can't remember now. I must keep these subtitles shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I forget them. Um, but anyway, just look up my Leander Delisle Tudor, the living the one. Um, there you go. And, and, it, and it's funny watching the series, actually. You, I can see some of, some of my work in there. So it's got quite a punchy Mary Tudor. Um, and one of the things I enjoy doing in both sis- my book, The Sisters Who Would Be Queen and Tudor, is giving us like, a different perspective on Mary I, on Mary the Tudor and her relationship with Elizabeth. You know, she wasn't the kind of sort of nutter that she's sort of normally depicted as. Um, she was um, a very extraordinary a woman and uh, queen. So, yes, I would say the depiction of the Greys, of Mary Tudor, there's quite a, quite a bit in there, yeah. Well, Leanda, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. You're one of my favorite people. Thank you. It's just been delightful. And for our listeners, The Boleyns, A Scandalous Family, aired on PBS in the U.S. beginning August 28th, with future shows in the series on September 4th and September 11th. So thank you all for joining us. And for our listeners, thank you for making the magic happen. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to All Things Tudor. My thanks go to listeners, my husband, and my team. 
If you like what you hear, leave a review, follow wherever you get your podcast, and share with your friends to help others find the show. Join the All Things Tudor Facebook community to connect with tens of thousands of Tudor history lovers. You can also connect with me across social media at the Deb ATL. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch y'all later.